Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. On today's show, we take a look back the weekend that was. Nationals get swept by the Marlins, who have owned them all season. Look inside the sweep, how it went down, and then look ahead to the National Series against the Philadelphia Phillies. That's coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked On Nationals. Josh Neighbors here, your host. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. Go to BetOnline today for the best odds, best interface, everything that you need in sports action. Well, folks, it was a difficult weekend for the Washington Nationals. They have just absolutely been dominated by the Miami Marlins this season. That is 12-1 now on the year for the Marlins against the Washington Nationals. Now, uh, I just want to say shout out to our man, Peter Pratt, the host of Locked on Marlins, because he got to watch three of these games this weekend at really favorable times. Our friend Peter lives in the UK. We did the crossover with him last week to preview this upcoming series, but it was four o'clock on Saturday 1 o'clock yesterday and 11 a.m. today. So he got to watch three games on easier footing or easier timing, I think we should say. So shout out to him and also the Marlins getting going, which I want to touch on here. But first, let's talk about where the things sit right now. The Nationals are are 29 and 53. That is a 354 winning percentage. There are 21 and a half games back of the New York Mets. They are 18 back of the Atlanta Braves. They are 14 back of the Philadelphia Phillies and 11 and a half back of the Marlins. They're 14 and 31 at home. They were two and five during this homestand. They're 15 and 22 overall. Their minus 118 run differential still remains the worst in baseball. The Oakland Athletics are minus 116, as are the Pittsburgh Pirates and also the Nationals. They've lost five in a row right now and four and six in their last 10 games. But the Miami Marlins are 38 and 40. They're 10 and a half back in the division, but right now at the in the middle part of the day today, the Marlins have gotten themselves within four and a half games of the wild card. And you can I mean, think about like think about how they've played the Nationals this season. 12 and 1 we mentioned, right? They've played 78 games and 13 of them have been the Nationals. If you take out the 12 and 1 against the Nats, the Marlins record is 26 and 39. 26 and 39. The fish would be if they have not played the Nats this year. Uh, obviously they do, but like, you know, I mean, the Nationals have really really helped the Marlins stay in this thing and four and a half back On July 4th, we've seen teams come from much greater gaps to make the playoffs. And obviously, if you make the dance, you can win the dance. The Cardinals own the second wild card spot. Um, The Phillies are one and a half back of them. The Giants, two back of them. Then the Marlins, four and a half. And then the Rockies are eight. And I mean, you know, it's going to take a real surge. So, I mean, it feels like the Marlins are that cutoff line. And, you know, as the cutoff line still very much in this thing, and there's some reasons why, which we'll hit on. I know it's the Lockdown Nationals podcast, but, you know, like there is, you know, it's it's very possible that four teams in the National League East 
are going to be competing for playoff spots. Two are in them right now with the Braves. Well, right now four are, but uh, two with the Braves and the Mets, excuse me. We know those two are going to be there, obviously, um, and, and probably going to be competitive barring some injuries or disaster. The Phillies are right there. It feels like they still haven't played their best ball. They've been a 500 ball club, it feels like, for a minute now. That's even including last season as well. So Marlins getting into the mix. All right, let's break it down back to front. We'll start with 3-2 to two today. So Nats lose in extra innings. It was a Jorge De La Cruz home run in the 10th against Tanner Rainey that helped get the job done. Uh, 411 feet, and that made it 3-1. to one. The Nats were able to get one back in the 10th. Double play ball, what a play by Joey Wendell. The flip to second, the throw to first. All was fantastic by the Marlins. Great defense, and so Garcia scored. We saw Ruiz get the double, but the Nats not able to manufacture enough offense. Still, um, Corbin, seven innings, all right? Eight hits, one run, four Ks, 97 pitches. This is the Patrick Corbin that we have been talking about, folks. Those last two starts that Corbin has made have been very strong. In the last 15 innings, and that's the last two starts, 15 innings, he surrendered two earned runs. He struck out 16. Obviously, 12 of those came in the last game. Surrendered, let's see, today I mentioned, I just mentioned a second ago, what was it, uh, on the hits department, eight hits today. So uh, this was a bit more actual Patrick Corbin, like operating with, um, you know, guys on base. Actually, he struck out the side one, I think it was the sixth or seventh, strikes out the side. And so, you know, this this was him really improving. And he was able to knock that ERA down to 5.68, which is, you know, for a guy who's been over six basically the whole year, that's really good to see. So while the offense wasn't very good and we were concerned about Juan Soto over the course of the weekend, there is some positive vibes right now from Patrick Corbin. Now, you all have heard my thoughts on Mr. Corbin. My thoughts have been he's due, he's been due, he should be, you know, performing better. Um, now he's starting to do that. Back-to-back starts, needs to do it more. I even joked with Peter Pratt the other day. I said, Patrick Corbin's going to need to give me about two months of, of awesome stuff before I'm really back all the way in head first on Patrick Corbin. Even then, I might not be all the way back in, but we'll see. The improvements have been considerable. Tanner Rainey's been getting hit pretty hard recently. Um, still, the numbers overall for him are pretty good. Uh, but you know, 3.86 in, in May and in June, it was 3.72 and came into the month looking pretty good, but this weekend for him was not great. Two runs in the seven to 10 loss or seven to four loss rather yesterday comes back today, gives up the home run to Jorge de la Cruz, two runs total. One of them was earned. So three earned runs in his last two innings of work, blew a save, um, on the Sunday game and then comes back and takes the loss in this game, just left to pitch way too far over the plate and it gets tanked. But the big news out of this game for me has got to be Patrick Corbin continues to look better. All right, quick word from our sponsors and we'll hit the other games in the series. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to built.com today. That's built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, for 15% off at built.com. They've got built boost. They've got built go. They've got uh, plenty of built bar flavors that I'm sure you will enjoy. Go to built.com today. 
That's built.com, promo code LOCKED15. Once again, promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, 15% off at built.com today. All right, also, uh, 7-4. to four. Uh, That was a loss. The Nationals took and What was a back-and-forth game? Juan Soto takes the calf injury. Luckily, it sounds like he's good to go. I mean, he did a pinch hit today, so we're hoping everything is good on that front. But a 7-4 to four win here. Eric Fetty, uh, you talk about the, you know, the pitching stuff. I mean, this, this is a strong game for him. And also, Mason Thompson, uh, clean innings, that's good. You know, obviously, we're seeing him back now. But Eric Fetty, six innings, three hits, two earned runs, six Ks, and 106 pitches. This was a strong outing. The problem was the offense was two for 12. It just feels like Josh Bell is really the only guy who is consistently hitting right now. Uh, you know, I know Cesar Hernandez, the averages dropped. K-Bird's kind of stayed right where he is. Garcia still looked good, but like, you know, all this is the Josh Bell is the guy who's consistently producing in the middle of the order. Things have slid around around him, uh, but he has produced consistently has Josh Bell. And so this is a positive. I thought Eric Fetty's command was a big positive. I thought the way that he only got, you know, three hits in this game was a huge positive. Yeah, he did walk three guys, but still the six K's, eight ground balls, eight fly balls, 106 pitches. That's a strong start. That keeps you competitive. I don't care who you are, where you are. Competitive starts. And also we talk about him, you know, his trade value. Still, this is a guy who's showing, and I know there's been some rough ones, but this is a guy who is showing that he can be a fifth, fourth guy, whatever you want it to be. 4.05 ERA last month. Last three starts for Fetty. Uh, He has given up uh, four earned runs over the course of 17 innings. So that's not bad. Not bad at all. He's really off to, uh, in the last three starts, have been very strong. Got tied a little bit in the Braves game, but that month, you know, the month of June for him, the Nats were four and one in games that he pitched. I know he had that rough little run of the Nets game, the Reds game, Brewers game wasn't great either. Uh, the Braves game got touched up a little bit too, but the last three games for him, he has been really strong. So obviously encouraging signs on the Eric Fetty front after there was a little bit of shakiness for a bit, and I had mentioned uh, Carl Edwards, too, is, is a little bit of shakiness, too. Uh, you know, he got roughed up yesterday. I'd already mentioned Tanner Rainey getting roughed up. Pablo Lopez was really strong in the second game of this series. But the Nationals, you know, mentioning this, this is a game that, look, they, they should have won. They, they, it seemed like they had this thing, um, you know, one, three, two, bell home run. And then Sanchez in the ninth gives up, you know, gets the home run where two runs score. The Nationals in the bottom of the ninth have to tie it up. They do. Shout out Victor Robles. They're able to tie it up in the 10th. Uh, the Marlins put across three runs. They really scratched them across three runs to put the Nationals in a hole and win that game. All right, second game of this series. Nationals, man, they've just been really been really rough for them at home. Uh, I'll tell you guys that. It's been really, really rough for them uh, at home so far this season. Uh, game number two, they, guys, they lost all of these games by a combined three, two, uh, three and one. So, I mean, you know, these were close ball games relatively. The offense just wasn't there for them this weekend. Five to three loss in the second game. Uh, Jackson Tetrio, four hits, four earned runs. This was, you know, this was not his best game. Um, you know, only one K It was just a mixed bag for him. And also we had, uh, in this game, um, Reed Garrett was, it came in, he gave up the other run in this game and Castaño the other way, 
pitch really well, and their bullpen was pretty much lights out the rest of the way for the last four innings. The Nationals one for six with runners in scoring position. I mentioned it was a rough offensive weekend. It was indeed for a lot of the guys involved. So um, this was not a game, you know, there was a whole lot to write home about for the Nats offensively. They did tie this game up in the bottom of the second. Trace Barrera is back getting some clutch hits, tying this game up. Um, but then Avi Garcia uh, drives in a run the next inning. And also uh, Jesus Aguilar goes, uh, he went deep in the, in the first. Uh, Miggy Rojas, sack fly, did see a Juan Soto homer, which was nice to see. But the Marlins added an extra run to make it a two-run deficit. The Nationals could not climb out of it. And then let you guys know about the first game of this series. This was like just, this was, you know, the Nationals were close, but just not winning. And the Marlins just seemed to have their number. Uh, it wasn't like it was this crazy, fun, exciting uh, series. This, Josiah Gray, you know, followed up one of his best starts with one of his worst. Five and two thirds, 10 hits, six runs, all earned, six Ks in a six to three loss. They just tagged him over and over and over again. The Marlins were all over him, especially in that third inning. An Anderson home run, a Wendell single, and a Cooper double variety getting the job done. And uh, the Nationals just couldn't dig themselves out of, the, out of that hole, though K. Bear Ruiz did have a two-run home run in this game. Josh Bell, another multi-hit game one. Soto was one for three. That's one thing for him. He started to hit a little bit better. The average started to come up. It just It's unfortunate he has a calf injury. We'll see. Luckily with the DH, this now allows him to stay, um, to stay active now. Uh, his hit streak technically ends today. Or no, no, it doesn't because he's 0 for 0 because he, he walks. I mean, like, I, well, I got, you know, how do you, uh, actually, it's a good question. How would you actually um, count this? Because he had, or yesterday it was 0 for 2 with two walks. So I guess the hit streak ends, but it's not technically an at-bat. And then today he walked. So he was 0 for 3 in the Sunday and uh, Monday games combined. But he had a hitting streak going into this weekend that was 1, 2, 3, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight games, and then gets on base. In the last 20 games, he's walked 20 times. And the last, I believe now, 21 games, 21 walks with what happened today. So average is coming up. 226 is the average now. 382 on base percentage for him, which is going up just a little bit, 831 OPS. But we'll see, because that month of June, 195, 358, 414, 772, were those splits after a 235 month and a 241 month. So let's see if July can finally be the month where Soto turned things on. We talked with Matt Wyrick about, hey, the power numbers were there. Actually, things were pretty good in that department, driving and runs still. Um, but now things have, you know, now let's see if we can actually be one Soto as we move forward here. All right, one more break from our sponsors, and then we'll look ahead at the upcoming series with the Cincinnati Reds and let you all know what's coming on the Locked On Nationals pod, or excuse me, the Phillies, uh, what's coming on the Locked On Nationals podcast later on this week. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and info. Find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball, season nascar f1 ufc boxing and more bet online remains the best place for all of your sports scores podcasts and news this season head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action bet online it's where the game starts all right so the nationals now 
have a three-game series coming up against the Philadelphia Phillies. They will play these games. It's the Nationals' first trip of the season uh, where they head to Philadelphia. So it's just weird how the schedule works out sometimes. You know, I feel like you play a couple teams in division like a million times. Uh, but the Nationals, they are going to be heading um, up to Philadelphia for a three-game series with the Phillies to get you all the starters. Uh, and that's three in Atlanta, and they come back home for Seattle and then Atlanta. So 7.05 tomorrow night, 7.05 on uh, on Wednesday, and then 4.05 on Thursday. Now, the pitching matchup, it's going to be Paulo Espino. He's going to go in the first game of the series for the Nats. And then I have to track down who was. They put it up on the screen at the end of the um, uh, at the end of the game for the Nationals today. Uh, Christopher Sanchez is making his second start of the year against Pablo uh, against Paulo Paulo Espino. Excuse me, against Paulo Espino. Once again, we love Paulo Espino, man. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't think he'll be a trade asset because he's older. But like, I love this guy. I mean, as a starter, his you know his ERA has been fantastic. He has had a really strong year. For the Nats overall. And the, once again, this guy, it took him so long to make it in the league. But when he adapted that anytime, anyplace, anywhere, coach put me in attitude. I mean, he has thrived, absolutely thrived with the Nationals. 45 innings this season for Paulo Espino. Uh, and for him, he's just surrendered 14 earned runs with a 6.8K per nine and also a 0.9 war. And a 1.13 whip on the year, 24, appear, uh, 24 appearances this year, uh, four starts, making start number five is Paulo Espino. So game number two in the series for the Nationals and the Phillies, it'll be Josiah Gray looking to rebound against who Aaron Nola, who's been really strong this season. Nola had an awesome month of June, a 2.51 ERA for Nola, and they were 5-1 in one in the games that he pitched, including a 2-1 to win over the Nats, a 3-2 to win over the Marlins, and a 6-5 to win over San Fran. So they're winning close games when Nola tends to go. Eight, uh, eight Ks in his last game against the, um, uh, against, the Philly, or against the Braves, and then against the San Diego Padres, he had 10 Ks in a seven-inning uh, seven performance in that one. So Nola is on a good roll right now. The last start was was rough, but uh, four and runs of the course of seven innings. They won the game fourteen to four. So really not you don't have to press him too much in that game. The one previous to that was splendid, and eight that eight inning performance that he had against the Nats last time out. Josiah Gray will look to rebound. And once again, I'm gonna keep saying it. Not about those f- final numbers for Josiah. It's really just going to be about like learning from your mistakes. And he made a lot of mistakes against the Marlins the other night. Let's see if he can bounce back because that month of June for him. He had the start that he got skipped, but 24 innings, 1.13 ERA for him, and 28 Ks in those 24 innings. He was on a heater. That heater will hope that, uh, you know, the Nationals fans hope that is going to continue. And then do not have starters for the final game of this series yet. Um, One show that's coming up I want to let you guys know about is Lindsey Crosby and I, he's the host of Locked On uh, MLB Prospects. He and I will be doing an episode where we talk about a lot of the uh, some trade ideas for Josh Bell. So we'll kick those around, 
see what ideas that he's got. Josh Bell, guys, I mean, you know, how often do we have to say how good he has been? Finally, time to kind of look at, hey, who could trade for him? Around a month away to that deadline, less than a month away. Four Bell on the year, 318. uh, And he raised it today, but 318 batting average, 399 on the OBP, 514 slugging, 913 OPS, and a 3.3 war, 47 runs driven in on the season, 12 homers as well, and a couple triples for Big Josh. And I've been saying that he's been doing well for both sides of the plate. So excited about that one. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore nationals. You guys can find the show wherever you guys get your podcast. You guys can find us on YouTube as well. The next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.